0: Welcome to The Deep, episode number 145. If you like a challenge, well, here we are. Some people think things just happen, and that coincidence is, well, coincidence. In the health world, people label this coincidence bad luck, as if they couldn't have done anything about it, and there was actually no root cause at all. If you've had any bad luck with your body, your health, pharmaceutical drugs, or mental health challenges in the last 18 months, This episode is going to explain a little bit as to why. Because where we are right now was not a coincidence. It was part of a plan that has been in motion for a very long time. I said I was going to challenge you, didn't I? If you're on the journey to asking better questions in 2021 and you're starting to challenge the thoughts you used to have, congratulations, you've just indulged in personal growth. Many people you know will likely never possess the ability because they're too scared to change. So, in this episode, we talk about the history of Western medicine, big pharma, some ideas as to why this whole global crisis exercise thing might be happening, and what you can do to level up your health and your perspective to be a part of the global solution. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. What's up, my healthy friends? Welcome to another episode of this wonderful show. It's my mission to coach 250 busy mums to reclaim their health and boost their self-confidence before the end of December 2021. And if you'd like to get in on the action, scroll down to the show notes below and join the Facebook group, answer the group entry questions and voila, we're on the way to greatness. So, today's show is going to be juicy and if you like it, when you're done, I would encourage you to head over to uh, episodes 132 and 138 as they are very good next steps. So, sit down, pour yourself a cup of tea and settle in because we have an amazing guest coming to us from Canada. We love Canada. We've had a lot of amazing Canadians on the show before. Canada feels like a kind of step sibling to Australia in some weird way. So, I'd like to introduce you to... Tanya the herbalist, whom is, as you might have guessed, an herbalist, but also a coach that helps people take hold of their health, identify challenges, build opportunity, and look for sustainable answers for real change without fear. Tanya describes herself as a nature enthusiast who feels just as passionate about people and life itself as she does the planet. After several of her own difficult challenges, Tanya was led down a path of self-study and education, of natural healing and plant medicine. As an unconventional thinker, she tapped into many parts of herself that triggered healing responses and took action to create the life she wanted. Tanya is a passionate activist, and across the previous 12 to 18 months, Tanya has become a prominent and stable voice of reason within the human rights, medical freedom, and body sovereignty space, which is stuff we love right here on the show. So, I'm really excited to hear your insights and your wisdom, Tanya. A very warm welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me. It's, it's a pleasure, and I think you, you did the introduction perfectly, so it's a pleasure to be here and be on the show. Um, like you said, I'm an herbalist, I'm a practicing herbalist. And I kind of fell into the path of herbalism um, when it's, I saw the pharma industry nearly take out family members. Um, mm. And at that point I was forced to kind of look for um, a different route in terms of healing. And I stumbled upon plant medicine and ran with it ever since.
0: Yeah. I find most people in this space uh, sort of, when I say this space, I mean the alternative space. However, ironically, Alternative medicine is actually traditional medicine and Western medicine is alternative. That's right. Um, and it's funny too, the, the um, anatomy of that word. It's like alternative. It's like trying to get away from being Opposite our natural native. native selves. Yeah, right? So Western medicine is alternative, right? Um, but it's interesting because most people end up in this space of traditional medicine because pharma or a doctor or Western medicine or throwing pills at the wall and hoping something would stick didn't work. And, and they went on their journey of finding what would work. And so for you, was it yourself or a family member?
1: Um, it was myself as well, but it was prominently my mother who has a very rare condition called neurofibromatosis. So she's got pretty much tumors all throughout her nerves and her body, a uh, very Whoa. painful disease. And she was put on very heavy narcotics um, and... The narcotics obviously had a lot of side effects and eventually was put on more and more medications to alter the side effects that she was getting from this medication. But it pretty much got to a point that she was bedridden. She wasn't coherent. You couldn't have a conversation with her without her kind of passing out or falling asleep in it. And it got to a point where I was grieving my mom while she was physically still alive. And I refused to accept that that was the way that she was going to live indefinitely until she, her body gave out. Um... And so that's, that's how I tapped into it. I pretty much hit a rock bottom. I hit a very low breaking point because my mother is my rock and, um, took some time off work, pretty much sat by nature for a little while and just tried to regroup myself and refocus. And then through that, you know, reconnecting with nature, I had my aha moment of there must be something else that I can do for her. There must be something else. And I guess maybe being in nature, the plants were speaking to me or something, because then I, I felt like maybe there's something natural. And I bought my very first book on learning about some plant medicine, specifically for like neurological and and nerve uh, illnesses. And I was like pen and paper, writing and writing and writing. And I just started to realize that, oh my goodness, there is a whole world of of natural healing through plant medicine that I had no idea about, right? Because they'll never teach you about it. Um, Mm -hmm. So I used my mom as a guinea pig. She was super open to it because she knew that she had no other options. And eventually I even found out that herbalism was something that you can study. I didn't even know that it was a thing. I had no idea. Um, and now my mom is, yes, she still has her disease and her condition, but she's off of her narcotics. She's completely off of medication. What the doctor said that she'd never be able to get off, because after 10 years of strong narcotics, there's no way that you can just get off of it, um, which it took time. But she eventually realized that there, was, there is other you know modalities and through that she now laughs and she talks and she's full of life again like she still has her condition so she's in pain and stuff like that
0: oh that's so great
1: however like that's exactly it and through that I just ran with it and then through my that helped my own healing of severe anxiety and chronic anxiety and insomnia and all these different things and so it all just went hand in hand and once you you know once it went the rest became history once I went down that path
0: Oh, that's so good that it, it turned around for your mom. That's so amazing. And it's interesting too that when you go sort of from conventional medicine, which we're so indoctrinated in this Western world from birth that it's the only answer. And I fully confess that at a point in my life, I was very much like nutrition doesn't work. If nutrition worked, we would be doing it. And then I obviously went down the rabbit hole uh, and learned all of the things and learning like the two biggest populations on the earth have the oldest medicine. Right, well, the three big, uh, the biggest populations, right? It's, we've got um, China, ten thousand years of TCM. We've got Ayurveda in India, six and a half thousand years of history. And so, like, yeah, once you realize that there's sort of Western medicine's one hundred and fifty years old-ish, and then you realize that, whoa, okay, there's something that's ten thousand years old. Like, that's crazy.
1: That's the thing is eighty percent of the world actually does use herbal medicine as their first means, minus the Western world. So people mm-hmm. do, do still definitely go that route, but I actually, I, I'm, I'm sure you saw in my latest videos, I specifically talked about how, you know, the, the medical system was infiltrated. Um, and it all really started from just one person, right? By coming in, realizing, you know, they, they owned the petroleum industry and through that recognized from studies that were happening through scientists that you can leverage uh, petroleum to make uh, medical products, medicine um, medicine, right. And through that realized that, you know, anything made from nature cannot be patented. So if it cannot be patented, you cannot make high profits. You can't sell it for high profits. And so why not make a synthetic version through the extractions of these natural remedies? And that's essentially exactly what Rockefeller did. And he took over the health industry that way. Um, but then most importantly, he, he actually dismantled the entire medical schools in the Western world, removing any mention of healing, of herbs or natural treatments, right? So anything from diets to yeah. non-drug treatments were completely removed from the medical programs. In fact, doctors could actually be removing their license and charge um, if they did practice you know, outside of the measures that they were told. Um, so that's exactly how most people don't realize that the allopathic system was actually just a way of taking over natural medicine to be able to bring in the big pharma products.
0: Yeah, I'm so glad that you brought that up because that on my own journey of discovery, um, that's what I came across as well was that initially, yeah, doctors and healers were taught everything. uh, And that's why they sort of have this prestigious status in society because they they were really intelligent. They knew all of the things that were possible to know when it came to health. But there was this sort of 50-year period where John D. Rockefeller, as you said, you know he was an um, oil mogul, richest human on the earth basically, and infiltrated all of the education bodies with his funding and would give universities money that they had never imagined or dreamed of and said, all we need to do for, for you to take this money is just put one of my guys on your board. And then because he was the biggest funding body for all of the universities slowly over this period of time... Uh, herbalism and TCM and all of the things and nutrition and food made its way out the back door. And it became about yeah connecting a a doctor essentially being a symptomologist and connecting a drug that matches that symptomology.
1: That's exactly it. Yeah, it was pretty much, here's my grant on the promise that you teach what I want you to teach. Um, That's what it became. Because even if you look at it now in in the medical system in the Western world, you don't learn anything except for this this massive book that's all about the symptoms and the medications to treat those symptoms, which is, as we both know, never gets to the root cause of the problem.
0: There's one thing that always pops to mind in this conversation for me is a lot of these conversations we have on the sort of natural side of health and talking about tyranny and big pharma is is, is the comment that you can't pattern a natural molecule. And so that's the reason that they create drugs. And so I often wonder, and I, I'm curious if you have thought about this, since Big Pharma runs the world, why don't they just make natural compounds patentable?
1: Um, I think, I think it's an international law that anything that grows from the earth cannot be patented because it doesn't belong to anybody. Essentially belongs to the earth. That's my understanding of it. Um,
0: mm-hmm. That's my understanding as well, but they break, they break laws all the time.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> However, ironically, they go and take over things like water yeah. Where how, how do you own water? How do you own land that doesn't belong to you? So it's, it's kind of, it's hypocritical in that sense. But um, yeah, I mean, I I definitely just think it's the fact that you can't really do it if it grows from the earth. But then again, there's Mm -hmm. so many other things they're taking a hold of. So
0: totally. I was talking to somebody yesterday um, that was unaware that I think it was like 2015, maybe that Nestle tried to purchase the weather. Did you know about that?
1: (laughs) I, I heard about it, but the same way they took over the whole water system, right? Like, they're causing droughts yeah. significant issues around the world just from their, their, their water. Totally. That's why I don't buy Nestle. I boycott
0: them. Yeah. yeah, good, good. Me too. So, I guess before we get too sidetracked with all the possible rabbit holes that we could go down. So, we were talking about, you know, Big Pharma and the malevolence, essentially, that it was built upon in the early, uh, the late, right. mid to late 1800s and early 1900s. And so, we're now you know, 150 years on, and we're in this situation now. So, you know, what led you to become a voice in this space over the last 18 months when in regards to COVID and vaccinations?
1: Um, For me, it actually started when I became a mom because I decided to not take any of the injections for my son. So it started off when I first became a mom, I want to say that my intuition and my connection with God was really strong because it was a week before his two months right? Because they start them at two months. Well, some places in the world like the US, they start them right from birth, but it was a two month appointment. And I just kept having these premonitions constantly that he was not responding after the the shots. And I didn't understand it. And so Mm. uh, my girlfriend was at my house, and I voiced it to her. And I just told her like, this is kind of what I'm I'm feeling. And I'm getting this vision, I don't understand. And she's like, well, you know that my niece isn't right. And I was kind of like, I didn't even know that you can't not do it, right? I was completely oblivious to this, even though I had started to look into herbal medicine and things like that with my mom. I never questioned the vaccine industry. I recognized that they had eliminated herbal medicine from the studies, but I still hadn't realized how it's all interconnected. And so, from that point on, the research just started. I started looking at documentaries. I started buying books. I bought my very one of the first books I bought was written in the at 1984 which was um, Dr. Mendelson, and it's how to raise a healthy child in spite of your doctor. And uh, ironically, this book was written two years before they passed the vaccine uh, act that you could no longer actually sue the manufacturers. And he was specifically talking about how doctors started to back away from giving these vaccines because uh, they were in so many malpractice lawsuits because of the injuries that were happening. So ironically, You know, 1986 came around and they passed those laws and then no one was held liable anymore. They indemnified themselves. And from there, for me, all those questions were coming up. So if it's so safe, why are they indemnified from liability? Like if something happens to my child, no one's responsible, not even the doctor. And so one thing led to another and another. And then so my voice kind of started then because I was voicing what I was learning with people, even though it was very taboo. People were like, oh, my God, she's an anti vaxxer I'm like, no, no. Like, I'm not an anti vaxxer I just want you guys to make informed decisions. Like, why aren't you aware that this is a possibility for that to happen to your child? And then I've had I had a lot of crying episodes because I couldn't believe how broken the system is for people to not recognize the harm that it's actually doing to people and these children. And... That's where it started for me. So it's like naturally when COVID happened, I was like, yes, I can actually speak about all of this now in full force and not care what anyone is gonna be thinking or judging me on. Because before I was a little bit like I was reluctant to speak about it as open as I am right now just because it was, you know, such a such a different and new topic for me. But now it's been three and a half years and I feel even stronger than ever.
0: That's amazing. And thank you for sharing that story. And I think there's a lot of parents that are probably listening that have had these feelings even before 2020 existed and not being certain, but there's a, you know, that just the social narrative and judgment and peer pressure is that you just, you're meant to do this and we trust the system and, The system wouldn't be like this if it wasn't the right thing to do. And there's all of these presumptions built into the way that most people function in their day-to-day life and that that they've never actually taken a step back to review. And I think, you know, at a time where, you know, in in Australia right now, I'm in lockdown. We're in lockdown. We've got one death this year. It's been seven months, right? Right. One death and we're in lockdown it's crazy and, and
1: that death was from the flu probably
0: <laughs> yeah totally and it, actually that's you bring up something too that's driving me crazy when people say that this is a, a bad flu i'm like a million people or about 800,000 hundred thousand people a year die from the flu that's a bad flu right
1: that's <laughs> it yeah
0: so wh- what do you think's going on here in the last 18 months like why is this massive regime being rolled out to vaccinate us all when nobody's dying basically
1: um, well, I mean, I tweeted a little while ago saying that COVID, like the vaccine, wasn't brought in for COVID. COVID was brought in for the vaccine, and when you realize that, everything else starts to make sense. Um, we mm-hmm. we've heard on TED Talk, you know, Bill Gates talks about his depopulation agenda, and he just thinks that the the, the Earth is overly populated. Um, and what better way to do that than what I call a lethal injection? And when I say lethal injection, it's not like it's an immediate kill, right? Because a lot of people are like, oh my God, I know people that got it and I didn't die. You're right. But it's like a slow death. Um, it's never been tested for, even the regular ones have never been tested for carcinogenic, you know, genetic mutation, anything like that. But then you bring in an mRNA into the mix. And that mRNA has been proven in the studies to be very detrimental to the uh like animal testing, right? They never made it through the animal testing, but the only way that they were able to fast track mm-hmm. through the animal testing and not have to do that is with the pandemic. So I think that a big reason for those is absolutely to depopulate, to, to kill off a certain percentage over time. Um, because what happened in these, you know, the animal testing, I'm sure you know, this is their bodies went into a cytokine storm as soon as it came into contact with the, the actual wild virus. Yeah right? So their body seems so robust and high T cells and everything when they first got the injection, but it was only when, you know, the next flu season or the next, you know, cold season and cold weather really essentially is what causes it. The weather change, um, they were, it was really bad and their bodies went into a cytokine storm, started attacking itself and their body's immune system shut down. So I think a big part of that has to do with that. And I know it's hard for a lot of people to be like depopulation, like why would they want to kill people? well sadly not everyone has a heart and a soul anymore right there's Mm, there's soulless people now the devil walks the earth in just a different disguise um so i do believe that the vaccine is coming as a means of not not just depopulation but a means of control because let's be honest an mrna is a nanotechnology that nanotechnology obviously has to be connected with something people just say oh it's a tech it dies off once it builds that spike protein they don't really know that they're just saying that that's what's happening um so I think it's a means of control and a means of depopulation for sure.
0: Yeah, that's uh, an interesting perspective, and I share it to the degree that I can know it to be true. Because um, I think that's one of the other things is that a lot of people have these questions like, why would someone want to depopulate the Earth? And the truth is, we don't have a seat at that table. We can't actually know why the decisions are being made. We can come to a lot of informed, like sort of conclusions, but. I think a lot of people want a complete story and that's why people love movies, right? People are willing to invest $200 million in a movie that hasn't even been made because they're so sure that the human brain loves a full story. And so when you communicate about this to people, the second you get to a question, you can't be certain of the answer. They're like, "Ah, oh, I'm just going to listen to the news because that's a complete story.
1: That's right. Yeah. And I love it because I tell people, I'm like, you know, it's written in stone, right? If you look at the Georgian Guidestones, it literally says it in stone that they want the population at 500 million. So there's nothing that we're making up. This is, you know, if you go back to history, that's, that's what they're planning. It's, it's all in every prophecy and every religion they talk about, you know, that they, they're planning that. Um, Now, whether or not they're going to be successful is another point. But like I said, I think the biggest thing is these aren't these aren't regular humans that would do that because no regular human would depopulate and would want to kill people. But these are, We know that the devil exists and walks the earth and these are people that have essentially sold their souls and that's why this stuff can happen.
0: And you mentioned another word in there too, the word pandemic, which I find really interesting. So that's obviously been really misused, but it's actually been misused before in the lives of all of the listeners. So um, many people don't know that the definition of pandemic was changed uh, when the AN1 flu pandemic, quote-unquote pandemic, happened in 2009. So before 2009, the the word uh, pandemic actually meant that like a hallmark of a pandemic was excess mortality. And then in 2009, it was changed to no longer include words that uh, represented death in any way. Um, And so they could essentially call anything a pandemic, which they did in 2009, and they have clearly done here as well.
1: It's funny that you say that because... Um, there's a video that went pretty viral on Twitter and they removed it, but he was a funeral director. And this funeral director was saying how throughout all of 2020. So when it's a peak pandemic, when they said that it was a pandemic throughout the whole year, he had no excess death. In fact, he was actually closing fridges and closing things because there was actually a reduced death count. However, once the vaccines were rolled out, he had more than he ever had before.
0: Right. Interesting. It's uh, last year. Before I left the hospital because of this charade, um, a friend of mine who was a doctor and we used to essentially do Facebook live videos from the emergency department and we were like, nobody's here. This is the quietest the hospital has ever been. Um, and eventually the hospital HR department gave us a ring and he got threatened with a $60,000 fine. Um, and yeah, but we were just for sharing the truth. Yeah. For sharing the truth. Like, um, And I got a number of taps on the shoulder but like, oh, we're just watching th- this video that you've posted. And it was like I got to get out of this system. This is messed up.
1: Well, a lot of people were thrown with their jobs. I'm, I'm good friends with a girl, Kristen Nagels, her name, and she's one of the only Canadian nurses that actually got fired right. um, for speaking the truth. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of nurses that I have lost their jobs for just speaking the truth, which makes you wonder as well. Why would they have to silence you if you're sharing your perspective, unless they know that what they're sharing is true? If you go, like you can go into at the time, you can go now. I've had two people in one week message me firsthand being in the ER. One of them was at the ER because they had a massive migraine that wouldn't go away. The second one was at an ER accompanying someone else who had an adverse reaction to a vaccine, ironically. Both of them, completely separate, don't know each other in a matter of a week, were messaging me, telling me that every single person going to the admissions desk, every single one was there for an adverse reaction. Every Mm -hmm. one of them. which is actually scary to hear because now the ER is full, but they're full with people with adverse reactions. And that's why you'll notice now they're not showing as much of like, these are all the people in ICU, 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 ICU. I mean, they're sharing it, but not to the same extent because they recognize that those people are the ones that are vaccinated. But God forbid, you try to expose that. Imagine a nurse or doctor trying to say, by the way, everyone that's coming in is vaccinated. They're losing their job or their license. But why? But if they're sharing the truth, why can't they share that perspective? Totally. For me, when you suppress the truth like that, it actually works against them, right? Because it's like the forbidden fruit and you just want to find out more of it. Okay, wait, they're suppressing it. They're censoring them. Okay, let me hear more about it because they must be saying something I want to hear.
0: So picture this, right? Unlocking your potential, conquering emotional eating and gaining insights directly from a health and nutrition expert such as myself. That's what we do inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group, which is currently free to join. To join us in the free Healthy Mums Collective and to end your emotional eating and feel good in your own skin and begin that journey, pop down to the show notes below, click the link and breeze through three simple entry questions. Join today and let's embark on a journey of growth and empowerment. The link is in the show notes below. Yeah, and that should be a good indicator for people that if people are being censored or you know your questions are being silenced or you're being gaslighted for asking different questions that clearly there's something to hide have you not watched right. any five-year-old's cartoon
1: <laughs> that's it exactly
0: so it's it's funny you mentioned that too about the emergency department just yesterday i had um i've been sharing a little bit um on social media lately as well just because we've got protests coming up and trying to you know motivate the masses to do right. something come on guys like um, and i had a nurse from italy which was apparently the most you know where it all really hit you know, the worst. And she said that exactly what you're saying that the hospital is packed out because of all of the adverse reactions to the vaccines. And she said, you know, thanks for doing what you do in the podcast and whatever. But she was just saying, like, know that this is happening in every country. And I've had people reach out from every country, just like you would have as well. Um, so I guess for listeners that are feeling a bit uneasy or unsure and are listening to this conversation, there is millions of us.
1: Yeah, I think I think that there's probably worldwide at least a billion for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: So I guess for the person that's listening at home, that's you know a mom or a dad that has kids, that's like being uh, pressured by their parents that are like you know as in the you know the kids' grandparents, so that older generation that really believe in the system and have been you know indoctrinated since basically um, you know. Post World War II and I think that generation have a lot of faith in government because after World War Two they saw governments rebuild the world, um, and so whereas we are now on the next cycle, kind of downwards where governments are now taking back over the world. But what would you say for the people listening at home that are like, I'm getting pressure from everyone. I, I feel like I should do it. I have to scan in everywhere. Like, where should that person start?
1: I think it really comes down. The biggest thing is intuition. Um, We are a society that has become so distant intuition and faith, because we're a society that has come so far away from intuition and faith, where both of those have been predominantly factors that guide you through all of life for all of history. And they've done a very good job of making you believe that everything is all just within your five senses. If you could see hear, feel or touch it or whatever, um, then that's all there is. And I think the biggest thing is for everyone listening, should just be able to take a step back and say, ask questions. I think it just starts by asking questions, whatever questions you feel like you want to ask and look into, I find is is the perfect way to start is, for example, okay, so they're trying to protect my health. So why is there still fluoride in the water when they know fluoride can cause cancer? Or why are they still allowing fast food chains that are, of course, cancerous to be open? But you know. Places like a gym cannot be open when we know that that's probably the biggest way to stay healthy. So asking simple questions like that, and then from there you start opening up, you know, your mind to asking more and more questions. But especially being in touch with your intuition, like I said. So things like fluoride and the glyphosate in our food, and all these GMOs and everything, for a long time has been numbing our microbiome, has been destroying our gut, which essentially is where our intuition comes from. And when you're numbing that gut, you no longer get that that instinct, that that calling within yourself to tell you what's right and wrong. People have numbed that. And it's a powerful tool because your intuition is literally there. It's like, you know, God's breath inside of you or whatever you want to believe it. It's, it's you, your connection with the universe that's guiding you on your path as a, as a human being, as a being in earth, as a someone made up of electromagnetic fields, you know, and it speaks to you. And people don't recognize how powerful they are. So they literally give their power to a governing body to be able to take care of them when they've got more than enough resources and qualities to be able to actually guide themselves far better than any governing body is going to do. But with years of programming through the television and through these different means, they've been able to you know, have people really believe that they would never do them any harm, especially like you said, to doctors. I think that's the biggest thing is because for years for for centuries and centuries we knew that doctors are healers but they changed that over the last mm-hmm. century and what happened is once they changed that they really pushed the the reputation of doctors to absolutely believe in them not recognizing that doctors are essentially you know funded by people that profit off of your sickness and that's the biggest thing is is when people recognize that you are trusting someone that profits off of sick the the richest industry in the world is the pharma industry a trillion dollar industry if not more they would collapse if people were healthy they fund the media Absolutely. they fund you know they fund the media they fund the education system they fund everything around us and all you have to do is maybe that's the biggest thing follow the money just ask who is paying for this and who's funding it because when you follow the money and you recognize who's behind it and how cruel some of these people can be, you take a step back and you realize, huh, maybe I shouldn't give them my power and my health. Maybe I should be giving it to a higher power. Maybe I should be giving it to my creator. And through that, you almost become like indestructible in your own way, right way. Because a lot of people are like, how do you do it, Tanya? How are you so, you know, like you're you're so fearless and you're so full of life and you're not scared. And I was like, why would I be scared? I I have the qualities and I have, you know, the creator and the universe on my side. And I'm not going to live in fear because they want me to live in fear because I'm easier to control when I'm living in fear. Um, and then, of course, I throw it in that our, our immune system is the vaccine. Our immune system is there to create antibodies naturally. Um, and th- it's it's such a beautiful thing when you recognize the power of the body compared to what they make you believe that you need something man-made to be able to fight something that your body has for centuries and centuries since all of our existence been able to absolutely do naturally on its own.
0: And Further to that, it's not even just medicine that we've been conditioned to not trust our intuition. Like this whole um, sort of academic society of scientism irrelevant of the field um, if you uh, don't have a degree from a university uh, that has partic- funding from a particular government then literally someone doesn't trust what you have to say or they won't listen to you and, and look I'm not saying that standardization is not a useful tool to make sure that quality is a thing but we're now in this situation where you, if you feel something you're told not to trust your own feelings about anything unless you're an expert
1: that's exactly it. you're right. They discredit anyone who does not have a couple of credentials after their name based on being indoctrinated by the system. Whereas, like, I could say for myself, because obviously I get hurt. I heard a lot. Oh, she's an herbalist. She's not a doctor. I've probably read more books than all of them. those doctors have put together through independent research, not funded by anybody, not paid for anyone, just research on myself. I've got an entire library in every single room of my house that's covered in books that I constantly read as many others do, right? When you look at the doctors who are speaking out, these are doctors that have done independent research, nothing that's funded or paid for. So once again, follow the money, right? Because if you're following the money, there's a lot of smart people that are educated, that are brilliant, and they're sharing truth right now, which is fantastic. And I love when I see those. But they try to discredit anyone who doesn't have that degree, who has not been indoctrinated by the system that is funded by the very same people. So... You, you see, once you see it, you can't unsee it, right?
0: Oh, and the other thing with um, even in the establishment, like the editor a couple of years ago of the British Medical Journal came out and said that 90% of studies are basically useless because they're so hyper-targeted. Um, and, and I know this from being involved in clinical trials myself is that the parameters that are set up to produce a particular outcome, literally, if the outcome doesn't work, it's just literally the professor says ask a different question so that we can look look at the data in a different way and produce something and i've actually been in a meeting before where with a farmer rep where the um farmer rep said i don't think that will be a profitable enough outcome for us um because people got healthier too quick literally wow Wow. i've been in so many of those meetings that's
1: proof right there yeah a lot of the studies if you they're they're looking for their outcome and if it's not their outcome they'll figure out a way to show it as in 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 the way that they want to and that's why people have to just have an open mind and recognize the thing is what's hard for a lot of people to recognize is oh I've been fooled for too long. I've been mm-hmm. programmed. I've been in a hypnosis. No one wants to admit that there's a lot of pride and ego there which I totally get it. I mean we've all been there. But at some point you have to be able to detach yourself, you know, snap yourself out of that hypnosis and say, "Okay, let me it's, I'd rather learn and wake up now than never at all, right?
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good point because people have attached their identity to these beliefs that they have about reality and that's right. and uncoupling themselves from living a certain way. And I, I've asked a bunch of challenging nutrition or microbiome questions in cancer meetings and basically been laughed at because my professors have dedicated their life to this stuff, you know? And so for them to, at 65, be like, oh, I just wasted my life. Like they're never going to do that. Their identity is too deep in it. It's
1: hard. Yeah. That's, that's hard to digest. That's a very hard one to digest. Um, especially because I'm not against doctors. I think they're, they're there's every, even the government, I think every industry, there's a lot of good people in it, Agreed. but they really truly believe that they're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. They really do believe that they're doing the right thing. Cause this is what they've been taught to believe. um, and and that's what makes it so hard, right? It's because not everyone is bad that's doing all of this. They're just not aware. And it's, that's exactly where it's people like us that it's our job to start planting those seeds and making them recognize that even if you're 65 years of age and your entire career has been you know, a lie, um, it's time to wake up. Because like, for example, one of my girlfriends, I know I, she's a, girl, a friend's friend, but she has MS. And I personally spoke to her about this story. Um, she had multiple sclerosis. And she went through years and years of different, you know, treatments and testing and everything for them to finally find out that she had MS. And what happened was she went the holistic route. She started traveling to different countries and trying different, you know, remedies and going the holistic route. And eventually she, she no longer had any symptoms. So you could say she cured herself because they say that there's no cure for MS, but she no longer had any symptoms and it wasn't bothering her anymore. And when she went back to her doctor who did the tests again, the doctor said, if I had to test you again right now, I wouldn't be able to say that you had MS. So essentially, did she cure it? But here's the kicker. The doctor didn't ask what she did. He didn't ask anything about what she did. He told her to just keep doing what you're doing.
0: Yeah, they say that all the time.
1: And it's funny, though, because as a doctor, as a healer, as myself, who's a healer as well, who tries to like help heal people, I'm not myself a healer. I don't believe in I'm actually healing them. I give them the tools and the resources to be able to heal themselves and and what they need. But essentially, as a doctor who's a healer in that form, I would want to hear what you used, even if it's nothing (laughs) that I did. I want to know exactly what you did so that I can maybe share that with other people who are dealing with the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. But they know that their license is on the line. They know that they cannot go against what they're taught to, to say as that treatment. And so they don't. Yeah. And when I hear stuff like that firsthand, it really makes you saddened for those. But at some point you have to be able to recognize, same thing as a doctor, as an expert say, I, am I here to actually help people or am I here to just make a, make a buck? really
0: yeah well and like for diseases like cancer it's literally illegal to not use chemotherapy and radiation as the treatment
1: i shared that as well exactly yeah on average it's one hundred fifty thousand dollars that they make on average per treatment yeah um so it's a very very profitable business and i do believe there's a cure absolutely for cancer and they know this for sure but it's too profitable for them to be able to which is funny because like i mentioned in uh it was in 1913, Rockefeller actually founded the American yeah. Cancer Society, ironically, knowing this exactly. Mm-hmm. So he knows, you know, cancer is a very, very profitable industry, probably the most profitable industry within the medical system. And every, you're right, doctors are not even allowed to treat anything other than chemotherapy, surgery, or radiation for cancer. Mm-hmm. In fact, if you actually refuse that treatment for your child who has cancer, you will have children's protective services at your house removing your child from you because you are endangering your child for not going that medical route. That's how indoctrinated and, and, and corrupt the system is.
0: Yeah, it's so messed up. And, and look, as much as uh, you know, I'm no longer a part of the allopathic approach, I think it can be a useful tool to get people from point A to point B and then introduce all of the natural stuff because it's like, hang on, this person needs like something right now that's super effective to just, but the problem is that they don't then introduce natural stuff.
1: (laughs) You're right. I love that you said that because you're right. I'm not completely against it. It has its place and it has its time, right? In emergencies, Mm -hmm. you know, antibiotics in some cases, I do think that they're handed out like candy now, but in some cases you absolutely need it because it's life-saving. But... You're right, it should always be temporary, right? If someone is suicidal or they're in a serious depression or maybe they've got severe anxiety because of life phase that they're dealing Mm -hmm. with, whether it's a divorce or financial, whatever it is, I can completely understand why you're probably taking medication to help deal with certain life situations. For sure. But at that point, it's temporary and you have to get to the root cause of it. Whereas people are like, no, I have to take this for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And that's not true. You don't have to take that for the rest of your life. There's ways that you can get off of it i.e. like my mom, like I said, off of her narcotics that they never thought... The doctor's like, there's no way you can get off of it. You've been on it for too long. You'll, you'll cause yourself cardiac arrest because your body will go through severe withdrawals. And she did go through severe withdrawals, but she made it happen slowly mm. and gradually. Yeah. Um. So they just make you believe that you need it and you're dependent on it for the rest of your life. And you absolutely do not. There's ways that you can get to the root cause and slowly wean yourself off.
0: So we're sort of talking a lot about disease and illness and, and that type of thing and the medications that they... Try and use to solve the problem, but really, it's just managed symptomology. But getting sort of further down the track, when it comes to death, like we know that people that die of COVID or even the flu or basically anything, their bodies are usually hindered by other states of chronic disease or severe obesity or poor diets. And so, what is your recommendation for people that do want to can take control of their health? Where do they start with their food, nutrition, or even you know, plant-based medicine?
1: Um, I would absolutely start with the detox. I would first start with a good detox to really remove a lot of the toxins that are so built up in the body. Um, and in my medicinal herb guide for beginners, I specifically have the main five herbs that I would absolutely use for detoxing. Um, and you can combine them all together. But I think starting with, you know, cleansing out the liver and the kidneys first, number one is because that's where it kind of restores a lot of your blood and recycles it. Um, a good detox is the place to start. Um, whenever it comes to trying to introduce the holistic route, because I do feel like it's growing right now too, which is nice. People do want to get back to more natural healing. It starts with baby steps. So, you know, I would start by doing things like a detox and incorporating more of these herbs into your life, introducing, you know, more organic food naturally, removing some of the more processed food gradually. But then it's also a lot about what you bring into your mind, what you're feeding your mind and what you're putting on your body. So Mm -hmm. people don't recognize that the detergent that they're using, a lot of them are toxic. Things like Tide and stuff like that are very toxic. They actually seep through your biggest organ in your body, which is your skin, and you're bringing in those toxic chemicals through your skin and into your body. Or things like, you know, the toothpaste that you're using that's so high in in fluoride that they make you believe is because, well, it helps you keep your teeth white and things like that. No, like I tell you, I have really Mm -hmm. white teeth and I do not use fluoride toothpaste, you know? What do you use? Um, Um, I use neem. Neem is is actually a very ancient, there's neem toothbrushes, but I use um, charcoal toothpaste as well as neem, um, which is in its natural form, but it also doesn't, it doesn't like destroy the the enamel on your teeth at the same Mm -hmm. time, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, I use but charcoal as well.
1: It's there's People don't realize how much toxic stuff we have around us. Mm-hmm. That's all contributing. There's not one thing. You can't go and say, I'm changing my diet and I'm going to be healthier, but then not go and take a walk and then still use all these chemical products in your house. Yes, it may help, but there's a lot of different factors that play a role. So I think it's just starting with baby steps in one place. Mm-hmm. And then once you take that more holistic route, you realize that there's a whole dynamic of, of healthier living that helps you be so much more vibrant, you know, you have more energy, you sleep better, you're, you know, all of these different things and your your skin and your hair look better. Because A lot of people are like, oh, I do you use on your hair. I don't do anything. This is just the way I live. So, and that's what I like is I, I feel like I can practice what I preach because people will look at me. And it's like, you know, you can't take h- advice from someone who's not an example of what you want to do or totally. how you want to live. Right. Yeah. So taking it from someone who could say, listen, this is exactly what I've done. I know it. I, I I was that person that used to be super unhealthy, very lethargic all the time, and you know, face was breaking out, and always you know just things weren't great. Severe anxiety, whereas puking on a daily basis. Like I get it. I, I've we've all gone through our phases, mm-hmm. but when you incorporate all these different things, you're like, huh. Now that I'm in my 30s, I feel better than I ever did in my like early 20s. So you start to recognize that you know it, it makes a big difference. So.
0: Yeah, I love that. So I guess there's a there's a bit of a phrase that I use with clients and, and on the podcast regularly, but it's one tweak a week. So, you know, as overwhelming as changing all of the things, the products at home, the skincare, the makeup, the food, you know, the workout routine, like just do it one thing at a time. It's about the long-term plan, right? One
1: tweak a week. I love that. I'm going to use it.
0: Yeah, you heard it here first. <laughs>
1: right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'll credit you.
0: Um. So
1: where can people find you online? Um... I mean, I'm 10 of the Mm herbalist.com. I'm 10 of the herbalist on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok now, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because censorship is less on there now that it's owned by China. Um, And yeah, 10 of the herbalist. Honestly, if you could just type in 10 of the herbalist, you're not going to have a hard time finding me. Mm -hmm. Um, I do offer, like I said, my medicinal herb guide for beginners is my bestseller. Thousands of copies have been sold of that in such a short period of time, which is fantastic. And I do offer offer consultations as well, um, based on my availability. I know it gets filled up quick, but um, anyone looking to take that route. So now I'm actually working on introducing uh, after the medicinal herb guide levels two and three. So people that are really looking to incorporate herbalism more into their lifestyle, but also how to potentially leverage that into your business. So things like I get a lot of nutritionists and energy healers and people that are in that you know holistic space, but don't necessarily struggle like learn herbalism. So how to incorporate that into your business as well? So, but just you know, ten of the herbalist—that's where you could find me. It's it's pretty easy. I'm I'm pretty out there.
0: <laughs> you certainly are out there, but that's exactly why I love supporting your work, and that's why I wanted to get you onto the show today because I believe what you're doing is really great work, and I wanted to introduce you to my audience because I think yeah, more power to you, basically. <laughs> so. For us to conclude our wonderful session here today, what is one piece of health information that you wish more people knew about?
1: To have faith over fear. Fear and stress alone could kill you farther than anything else that you can do in your daily life. And as long as you're not living in fear or death, you'll probably live a much longer and longer life.
0: Oh, I love that. Let go of fear amazing thank you thanks so much tanya honestly i've really loved having you here and i'm looking forward to connecting again with you really soon thank you no worries bye see you later bye